I'm Melissa White, and this is The Spirit Room. This is a place for seekers that find themselves intrigued with working with the unseen world. I'll bring you insight into my life and work as a medium, interviews with people that I find fascinating, and also provide you with some tools to help you implement a beautiful life in partnership with spirit. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy what spirit has in store for us. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm here today with Brianne Hogan. She's a Canadian writer with bylines in BuzzFeed, The Washington Post, Huffington Post, BBC, among others. And she's also authored two astrology books, one called Friendship Signs and the other one called Joy in the Stars. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Melissa. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. And definitely thanks to our friend Erica for the introduction. <laughs> That's so amazing uh, that she had mentioned you to me. And then I thought, oh my goodness, yes, I would love to interview you and I'd love to chat. So thanks so much for being willing to come and spend this time with us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love how when the universe does things like that, like just lines things up and helps connect people. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful because we live sort of in the same neck of the woods, but she doesn't. <laughs> so she's in the, in the States. So, um, yeah, so that's wonderful. So tell us a little bit about how you got interested in astrology. Well, astrology has been always something that I've liked to... I had a big interest in as a teenager. And back in the day when I was a teenager... In the, in the 90s or early 2000s, it wasn't as trendy as it is now. So it was something that I kind of did on the sly. So mm-hmm. we had this local occult store shop, which actually I think back and I'm like, that was really ahead of its time. And I would go there a lot with my friends. And I was just like, there was something about astrology just anything like spirituality, numerology, tarot, any, all of that stuff that I was just so just naturally drawn to. So uh, that was just something I always just was so fascinated by. And it just never really went away. And now astrology is just, it's everywhere now. (laughs) So yeah, good, good for astrology that people are, you don't have to be like, in the dark about I used to hide my interest about it when I was a teenager with something that I was like, Oh, I don't want to talk about it because people would think I was weird. So that's that's no longer the case, thankfully. Definitely. I even noticed with my daughter, who's 10, she finds she's so intrigued and so interested in astrology. And even on like TikTok and things like that, she finds all kinds of amazing videos and information about about different signs. And she's really into it. So it's nice to see that because... I was like you, same kind of thing. I would be like, we had one, I mean, I did grow up in, in um, Maple Ridge, so there, there's not a lot, but there was like one little store. It was kind of like you could go in and it just always seemed so, so mysterious, but so, so intriguing, but definitely yeah, not something that was talked about that much. No, it was, no, not at all. It was, and as I grew up and I went away to university, I Still something I was interested in. Still, I had like books and 
I would always kind of say stuff to friends like, oh, what's your sign? That's such a, I don't know, like a tourist thing to do, like that type of thing. But like people wouldn't get it, or at least not in my group. It wasn't like widely, they didn't really just, they didn't know about it, that type of thing. So, so it's kind of cool now where I think anyone can be interested in astrology and learn about it. It's not so much only for a few people to know. It's it's knowledge and you can just learn about it like everywhere. Like you said on TikTok, like people can learn about it. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. More accessible, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So you're okay. So you're a Taurus sun. Is that the case? No, I'm a Capricorn sun. Uh, and okay. Yeah, I'm a Capricorn sun and my moon is Taurus though. Uh-huh. And, and my rising sign is a Pisces. Oh, beautiful. Lovely. So, okay. So tell me this. What do you find as far as, because I know the friendship signs, I ha- I'm really looking forward to reading this book because I'm very interested in that. What do you think for you, say, are your sort of best, most compatible friendships? Uh, for me? For the mm-hmm. Capricorn? Yeah. Uh, I, it's funny. In the in the book and actually in real life, it's it's earth sign, our earth sign. So most of my, my close friends, well, actually it's no. Eh. So I have a lot of Virgo friends. Okay. And that makes a lot of sense because we're both earth signs and we're both mm-hmm. practical and organized and, and all that stuff. And then I also have a lot of Scorpios in my life too. Two of my closest friends are Scorpios, which I found fascinating for me, I, but again, it makes sense. Again, it's like sun signs, I think definitely makes sense when you're trying to do the compatibility. But obviously, as you get further deeper into your chart, you know, then other things make more sense too. It's more specific. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, when I was doing the friendship signs, I looked at all my friends and I was like, okay, what are their sun signs? And a lot of them are earth signs and water signs, but not a ton of, not a ton of fire signs though. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. For, so for me, I'm a Gemini sun and then a Pisces moon and a Libra rising. So what would you say, for instance, for someone like me? Well, if you have two air signs, so I would think that an air sign's would probably be a good fit only because I think you're intellectually more matched and would probably be able to speak each other's languages Mm -hmm. uh, and understand each other on a intellectual level. And then with the Pisces moon though, I think, I think because that makes you more like deeper and introspective, you probably would need someone who gets that side of you as well. Who's, who also sensitive to your emotions. So you don't want all air signs in your life because they would be, well, this is what you would do and, and be more from an objective perspective where I I think having someone who could probably uh, empathize with your emotions. So probably like maybe a Scorpio and maybe another Pisces, but then at the same time, I would also say having someone like me, an earth sign, a Capricorn who's pretty grounded Mm-hmm. Um, would probably be another soothing to help soothe that part of the Pisces in you. But then also, I find that earth signs and air signs can can communicate pretty well together. Like they kind of understand each other. So I think that would probably work for for your sun and the rising as well. 
Mm, makes sense. I mean, my two closest friends are both Libras, both air signs. <laughs> and then my daughter's a Pisces. So I, I feel like we, yeah, we really, we speak the same language emotionally. And then it's so interesting too. One of my closest friends is Libra, but then her rising sign is Gemini. And so we're just like inverted. Like my rising is the same as her sun and her sun is the same as my rising. So it's so mm. interesting. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it, it it just kind of fits. Like when I was writing the book, I would, you know, I was just writing it from what I know about astrology, but then I couldn't help but think about my friendships with my friends and, and being able to identify their traits as well and our compatibility and, and how we relate to each other and how we connect. And in the book, I also mentioned things like how people show like how they act in conflict and, and mm-hmm. best and best ways to respond to someone in conflict and, and things like that. And I thought, oh, yeah, they really are like that when they get mad or something. So, yeah, it's really fascinating stuff. I think so, too. I remember I was married at one point, well, twice, actually, but the first time I was married to a Virgo. And I was chatting with someone about, I guess, just astrology in general. And this person was like, oh, Virgo and Gemini are like the worst, most like, like least compatible signs ever for relationships. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. (laughs) And now looking back, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I can kind of see, I can kind of see the issue there. I think it, I mean, obviously it's true. It depends on the whole chart and, and all that stuff. But just in general, yeah, I can see for me, like the compatibility Mm, definitely air sign and and the water definitely but then also i mean i also have this really strong attraction to fire sign people like especially sagittarius i find i guess that also is a comes into place so i mean it's just it's fascinating when you really look at all of the people in your life and then if you have a chance to look at their charts as well and just compare, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see the similarities in some of the placements, some of the people that you attract into your life. It's, it's quite interesting to look at. Yeah, for sure. I try to get people's birth times <laughs> um, because obviously that's like the best thing you can get. It's, I mean, unfortunately, not everybody knows their birth time or but I I really do I like to get the birth time if I can with with not all my friends I mean it's not like (laughs) I'm like that creepy but but I do find it fascinating like with my best friends just to yeah see different things about them I have a stellium in Sagittarius so for me that's always made a lot more sense because yes I have Capricorn traits but there's something about me that's a lot more intrepid and adventurous and philosophical than a normal Capricorn so mm-hmm. I have an equal amount of, of Cap and Sagittarius in my chart. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that, that was always like, that made a lot more sense. I was like, oh, that's why I'm like super like impulsive sometimes. That's, which is not a Capricorn trait. No. Right. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So what is that for those who don't know? Cause I don't know. What is a, is it a stellium? Is that what you said? Yeah. It's when you have uh, three or more of the same planet. Uh-huh. Uh, or sign, I should say, three or more of the same of the sign in your planet of your chart. Um, and so if you do, then that means that sign has like a larger influence 
on you than it would like if you had like only one one of the I've only had one Sagittarius in my chart probably wouldn't make much of a difference. I mean, it would affect where that placement was. But because I have, uh, I think I have three, three uh, placements in Sagittarius, and that has a greater influence, three or four. So that has a greater influence on me than yeah, than if I'd only had one. And so and then I have four placements in Capricorn. <laughs> so, so yeah, so then that obviously says a lot about me too. That is so cool. Okay, so I'm just looking, just glancing at my own just for a second, because that sounded so familiar. And I do, I have three planets in Virgo. Oh, I had no idea. I didn't realize because I don't, I don't consider myself grounded like very much at all. Um, so to have that much Earth is kind of surprising to me, but it is. Yeah, three three different planets with Virgo, and then I think three Libras as well. Yeah, three Libras as well. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So then you have your. I mean, all the planets and the placements matter, but it, if if you find like for example, like me, like I found myself being like, well, I'm not a typical Capricorn. Like I'm not like super, everything's structured and rigid and responsible. Mm-hmm. And, and then once you go deeper into your chart, you're able to see certain things like, oh, okay, well, that must be that influence on me. And uh, yeah, you can, I mean, obviously you can have a big dive deep into your birth chart and look at things. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I do suggest for people listening, definitely look it up. You can get them. I mean, you can Google free birth chart anywhere. And as long as you have the place and the time, and I guess that's it, you just enter it in and you'll be able to see your chart. So definitely worth taking a look at. What about for the writing? So what is that process like for you? What is your creative process really entail? Uh-huh. I think I've, I'm always trying to figure that out. It, does, it depends on the project. So I've been writing as a freelance writer for about like over 10 years now. So and then I have the two books and then I've also have a background in, in screenwriting and playwriting as well. So all of those different writing projects require different preparation and uh, a different process. So with the two books that I wrote, they had to be done pretty quickly. And so basically, it's just like, knowing what I know about astrology, and then knowing what I know about relationships with the first one, and then the second one had to do with self care, which I do have a background in wellness as well. So really just, just when a project has such a short deadline, it's really you have no time to really second guess Mm -hmm. yourself. And it's just a matter of like, just really just doing the work, which I actually don't mind. I like a quick turnaround, I can get too much in my head about stuff. So I actually like it when I'm forced to work on a deadline. That means like I, I shut down my inner critic, and then I'm just able to just put the idea onto the page and not even really think about it. So then mm-hmm. with those books, that was basically it where it was just like, okay, like I've organized the book, I know the structure of it. And which was I had to work that out with the with the editor and the publisher. And then it was just like, okay, off to the races type of thing. But when it comes to I'm writing a novel, for example, my gosh, like, that's taken me so much time figuring out different aspects of writing and character and plot. And then 
thinking the story is going to go one way and then it's going another way and okay. And, and then just going from there. But I think a lot of my process is very intuitive. So I just, when I'm really in flow, that's when I know that I'm, I'm most connected to myself. And, and I think it's, I'm tapping into like my true creativity and just letting it flow. But that's, I mean, that's the dream. I mean, most times it's just like, this sentence sucks. Okay, like, where do we go from here? And I think writers, it's like that, that thing, it's, we like it when writing is done. And then that's the best thing about writing when it's done. Because, <laughs> because it's like, it sucks <laughs> when you're doing it. I yeah. totally empathize with it because I, the thought of it, like I, I enjoy writing and I, I do find that it's a beautiful part of some of the work that I do. But the actual idea of start to finish creating an actual book to me is very overwhelming. Like when I think about that, I almost get like anxiety just thinking about it. And I totally get the same feeling of like, you almost would go into that perf- like perfectionism quite easily and almost, yeah, this battle within yourself. But if you're under the deadline, I think that is the way to go. And I noticed that with students as well, teaching intuitive development and mediumship. It, the best way, literally, is to just have no, not have time to think about it and literally just do it. Immerse yourself in it and, and get in the process. And then you don't have time to sit there and to ruminate over it. So I could see how that would be true for writing as well. Yeah. And you really need to know what you want to say. I think that's primarily, I think the biggest thing I've with the both books, I mean, I knew like the direction of what we wanted to say, like French, it was about friendships and astrology and how that works. And then it was like, okay, well, then what do you do when as friends? And it's okay, well, you have you obviously hang out together, you chat, you communicate, you do activities, you might have a conflict. So it's just brainstorming all different kind of things that you would do as a friend. The same thing with the other book was about self care. I was like, okay, well, what is self care? emotions, spirituality, mentally, physically. And then from there, it was so you have these categories. And then it's okay, well, what does what do all those categories represent? And physically would be like working out or being good to your body, nourishing your body. So when you get a big scope of a project, I think that's important because you know what you're going to say, but then you have to break it down further and to get more specific. I think that's what gets overwhelming a lot of the times mm-hmm. because people are like, well, I don't know. It's so big, but it's, well, as long as you figure out what you want to say first, that's like number one. And then you just, cause that's pretty broad, but then you can just break it down piece by piece. I think that's helpful. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. To have some type of uh, plan in place and some structure. And then, uh, yeah, I would say definitely it's one of those things where you can kind of be, um, I would, I would think sometimes be in that creative flow and then other times where it is more of a discipline and it is literally getting the words out. And then obviously you can change and edit as you go or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's very, I'm always so fascinated and so admiring of anyone that can, that can write and that writes for a living. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Well, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I love it. I love writing. I, I don't know what other skill I have. I, and I've thought about that very recently. So I'm like, I don't know what else could I do? 
like it's pretty much storytelling, I think, for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Well, I love, I was reading some of the articles on your, I think it was on your website. And uh, the one that you wrote about anxiety, I thought was really interesting. And I know lots of people that listen to this podcast are empathic and sensitive and do experience some pretty high anxiety at times. So can you share a bit about some of the things you were saying that worked for you? Right. That was a, yeah, that was a blog post that I, I wrote. Uh, anxiety is kind of like a, I wouldn't say it's a new thing for me, but kind of, I think I've always had it, but it's naming it was a new thing for me and acknowledging that I have it and that I experience it. And so I think for me, first of all, that was really important to acknowledge that I experienced that and being very open about that with myself, like honest and compassionate because I still think that there can be some stigma around having anxiety. And so for me, I shared that on Instagram as well as my website because I wanted other people to know that they're not alone. Sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. I think I know I have friends who have anxiety, but we don't open it. We didn't for the longest time, I should say, openly talk about anxiety until the pandemic. Right. And, then, and then we started to talk about it uh, a lot more. And I think it's important to first, like I said, acknowledge that you're experiencing that and then to share it with friends, I think is number one or trusted people in your life. I think having support is primarily like the best thing you could do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then with other tips for me, taking it easy. I think I'm someone who's pretty much likes to keep busy all the time. Mm-hmm. And allowing myself to rest was really important and to be like, no, like my body's telling me something and I need to listen to it. And instead of pushing through doing something that doesn't feel good in this moment, like I can put that aside. I don't have to do that right now. That's okay. I can take care of myself. And I think one of the biggest things during that week, because I had a week of anxiety, like it just would not go away. Mm-hmm. And it was just like being very nourishing to myself. Like when I would be very conscious of how I could nourish myself. And mostly I would say moment to moment and asking myself like, okay, well, what do I need right now? What would feel good to me right now? Which could be anything like, do I need to take a bath? I love baths. They're like my favorite thing in the world. So, okay, maybe I'll take a bath or do I need to just sit down and have a cup of tea? And, or do I need to call a friend or just being as you would with a child, nurturing and mothering yourself, I think helps. Definitely. And I, I think that it is something that's so unique and personal to, to everybody. But I don't know many people who don't experience some kind of anxiety at some point. So I think it is something that we can be open about and we can chat about. And certainly the nurturing of yourself. Like To me, when I experience higher anxiety, I always think of it as it is a message. There is something that I'm either not listening to or something that I'm not seeing. And to get a little bit more still, get a little bit more quiet and to to look at that, what is actually happening here? Because it is like your body and your soul trying to communicate something to you. So 
makes sense. What about the, I also read um, something about the moon cycle and menstruation. And I was really curious about your thoughts about that, because I really do, I felt for a long time that the moon has such a powerful influence on this aspect of our lives, definitely. Right. So that article I did, I wrote, but I I consulted a couple of women who were Mm -hmm. adept at understanding the cycle, the moon cycle with the menstruation Mm -hmm. cycle. So for me, my interest came from that mostly because I was on the pill for so long. And then I, I went off of it a few years ago. And really getting in tune with my own cycle was a new thing for me for a long time. And then while I was getting in tune with my own body, which I think is really important for women to understand their cycle in their own body, I was getting more interested in lunar cycles. And then I, for my own kind of like experimentation, I wanted to know, okay, so do I start my period on a new moon or a full moon? And lo and behold, I was. And it was kind of cool and interesting to see how that worked. But at the same time, it just makes sense. I mean, we're made of mostly water, as is the moon controls a lot of the cycles, the tides of the ocean. Like, why wouldn't they control like what's going on inside of our bodies? I think that's why, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm super emotional around a new moon or a full moon. Yeah, same. So, and I think if people kind of looked at, if they tracked their own emotions, they probably would say the same. And Mm -hmm. it's just fascinating to see, to recognize that aspect of like how connected we are to nature. And I think that's another thing too, with the moon cycle with, with menstruation is like, there's such a natural part of being a woman. And so when we sync that up with the moon, it's, it makes you look at how we're all connected. It's all like, it's, we're all, it's everything's connected. Like it's all stardust. It really is. We're all, it, it's not like this fantastical thing. It's, it's actually real. Like we are. And to me, I think that kind of takes me back to myself. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It doesn't become such like a weird thing that happens to your body. It, it's like a magical thing that happens almost <laughs> like it doesn't become like a pain in the butt. It's actually something that's, that's cool. So yeah. You can kind of, you could see that connection and then honor it a little bit more. I think when you look at it that way, but it's, I think it's just so fascinating. I, I never noticed until I started really purposely trying to connect with spirit and developing my abilities and stuff. I had never really paid too much attention to the moon cycles that much. And then I, I started to notice that there is such a pattern uh, of behavior. There's such a pattern of emotion. There's even just like energy levels. Like I know some people get super charged up by the full moon. I find the week before I actually get super low energy. Like I'm actually kind of drained. And then as Mm -hmm. soon as the full moon passes, then I'm great. And I feel wonderful. And then leading up to the new moon, that's when I get super, I get kind of like wired. So it's so interesting, but both the new moon and the full moon, I have trouble sleeping Mm -hmm. and same same with my daughter. So both of us, we get, well, we tend to get headaches around both. I mean, we both get headaches often anyway, but we get them especially around new moons and full moons and also the insomnia. So it's kind of, it's just so interesting to, when you look at that pattern. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I really, it, it's given me a lot of insight into myself. As you said, like once you start recognizing patterns within you, 
And, it, and then it's and then I, I stop questioning myself less, I guess you could say, and just be like, oh, it's like the full moon. I mean, and not to say I let myself totally off the hook about stuff, but I mean, it, it, it gives you information about what's going on. And I do think everything is telling you something like you were saying about the anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I do think if certain emotions or certain things are coming up, especially when there's like a full moon or even a new moon, it really depends on what's going on with my life. It's a good indicator of looking at, okay, like, why is this coming up for me? And what can I do about it? Definitely. I love that too, because I find myself saying that often, like, I, I'm not trying to blame everything on the moon. And I'm not trying to blame everything on astrology. Because honestly, there's always something going on astrologically, you know, <laughs> but at the same point, it's it's real and it's true and it of course is going to affect us you know so i don't know i think it's always this balance of taking that information and like you said then empowering yourself what are you actually going to implement what are you going to do but i think astrology i mean i don't i'm not by any means like well versed but I, i know some stuff but it's to me it's just it's comforting because it has given me some explanations mm-hmm. for certain things that I thought were, I don't want to say flaws, but just things that maybe I, I was frustrated within myself about, like things that I just was like, oh my God, this is so, this is so annoying. I am like this. And then you kind of look at your chart a little more in depth and you can see, okay, well, there is actually maybe a reason. And you can kind of then have a little more compassion for yourself. And then, yeah, decide decide how you want to proceed. But it is nice to have that, a little bit of that validation. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, astrology and using lunar cycles, I mean, they are just like tools. I mean, mm-hmm. the answers really is within us, yeah. which is about everything. But they are they are best used as tools. As you said, you can't really blame your life circumstances (laughs) on those things, (laughs) but they can give you insight into why those certain things might be happening or why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then it's really up to you what you want to do about it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely, I think it's definitely worth delving into and discovering and all of that. I do find though too, sometimes people get a bit overwhelmed with astrology because it is such a gigantic endeavor. Go and learn. But obviously, you've got your two books that are available for people. Any other ones that you would say that maybe were helpful to you in the beginning or that you really like for people that are starting out? Yeah, there's a couple. The only astrology book you'll ever need is one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's been around for a long time. And then Astrology for the Soul is another one too that I liked. So those are two books that I have. And I think also, as we were saying, there's a lot of resources now too that I mean, podcasts or YouTube videos, there's a lot of resources out there for people who are interested in learning more. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And so what's your, what are you thinking for your next endeavor? You said you were writing a novel. So I'm assuming that is taking up a good chunk of your time. Yeah, well, it's kind of a passion project. So that's something that I'm working on. I've been working on that for (laughs) off and on for a couple of years now. But that's something that I definitely want to work on. And I'm also writing a, a book proposal for my agent. 
that's a little bit more new agey. It's but it's not astrology, but it's a bit it's a bit new agey. It's a bit spiritual, but it's also about being single and and that kind of thing. I can't really talk much about it, but that's something that we are working on, hopefully. And I am launching my own podcast in a month or so. So that, yeah, so that will be exciting as well. Cool. All right. Well, can you tell us the name of it? Or should I just share it with people when it when you launch it when it comes? Oh, well, it's called uh, yeah, it's, I'm not being secretive. It's about it's called <laughs> Do You Do You Podcast with Brianne Hogan. And it's about well, really like doing you and what that means to anybody. And I've been able to speak with a number of people, a lot of them, I mean, I know them, I met them through work, or I just know them in my life. And people who are just learning to live their lives more authentically, or are living their lives more authentically, and, and what that means and what that looks like. And it's not like the stereotypical life. And it's, I certainly don't have one of those kind of lives where you're going to get married and have 2.5 kids and have this kind of job for the rest of your life. And it's, it's such an old paradigm. But uh, I, I do think a lot of us still subscribe to it, even if we don't want to. It's just been so in our faces about, well, you have to do these certain things to be successful mm-hmm. and to feel like you're good enough. And I don't think that that's true. So, so yes, I wanted to start this podcast to show that you can do your own life, do you and have a wonderful life, even if it doesn't look like anyone else's. So, so yeah, I'm just speaking to a lot of different people from different walks of life and about their own journeys and as well as providing different kind of information, whether it's like I'm speaking to people who are doing wellness topics or spirituality or relationships, acting, entertainment, like all of those kinds of things. Awesome. I think that's fantastic. And even as you, we started chatting, I know your voice is so perfect, so good for podcasting. So that's amazing. So I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh my God. It's the least favorite thing about me is my voice, but I'm like going to do it anyway. (laughs) I mean, I can't listen. Like I literally can't re-listen to episodes because I'm not a fan of my own, but yeah, it's one of those things I think to get out there and it's a creative outlet in it itself. So that's really amazing that you'll be reaching people in a different way. And just, I think, shining a light on that individuality and empowering people because mm-hmm. I, you're right, things are changing. It, it is so different, like the, the world as it is now. And the way that people make a life for themselves, the way that we you know, are viewing things is, yeah, it is changing and shifting. So I think that's going to be super interesting for people to listen to definitely yeah thank you i i hope so i as as you said i think things are shifting and changing i think people are taking a step back and looking at their lives differently as a result of the pandemic and wanting to choose differently and maybe they were stuck in a job that they thought they had to have forever and ever and and now they're like no i i want to do this instead or stuck in a relationship that they didn't want to do or whatever it doesn't it can be something more subtle, but it's just wanting to be more authentic. And I think that's really important because otherwise, if you're not living a life that's true for you, then it's not going to be a happy life. (laughs) So right, definitely. And I also think, why else are we here? Really? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? If we're not if we're not going to be listening to our own the voice of our own soul. And so any way that you can get to to do that, I think, 
yes, definitely go for it. Do it. Yeah, totally. I agree. Amazing. Well, how can people find you? I'm on Instagram at Bree Hogan. And I'm on Twitter, although I'm, I'm not on Twitter a lot, but I'm on Twitter at Brianne Hogan and on my website, BrianneHogan.com. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much where you can find me. <laughs> Amazing. And what about for your, your books? Where can people find your book? They are available on Amazon and in Canada, they're available. At least Friendship Signs is available on Indigo Chapters. Um, the Joy in the Stars will be released at the beginning of September of this year. Oh, it is exciting. It is available for pre-order now, but it will be available, yes, in the first week of September. And uh, Target, there, it's also available on Target. It's just uh, anywhere you can find books, I think you can find the books. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I certainly appreciate you coming and sharing all of this with us. And yeah, just I'll have to send uh, Erica a note and saying thank you so much for for bringing us together. I think it's going to be helpful for other people and also inspiring, you know, inspiring for other people to listen to you and what you have to say. So really, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been great. Awesome. All right. Well, take care. And uh, yeah, we'll... We'll hopefully have you back again sometime, uh, maybe after you've got your next book out. Yes, that would be great. All right. Thanks so much. And take care, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.